Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host, and today we're going to talk about the top habits of business owners. There are some books about this, uh, habits of like highly effective people. I have not read those. This is just my like thoughts. Um, I was in the airplane last night and actually just like jotting down what I felt was some good qualities. Um, I have talked to several salon owners. I myself am a salon owner and um, I find that there are some qualities that I see in some that like aren't doing well that in my head as I'm talking to them or hearing the questions, um, I'm noticing that there's a lot wrong um, or a lot that can be like addressed, but a lot of it has to do with them. So here we go. Number one is reflection versus reactivity. Saying we can talk about that or let me think about that versus just an answer straight away, that's reflection versus reactivity. Or also say somebody quits and you're just like upset about it and you're um, complaining that they stole education from you or whatever. It actually makes people, to be honest, like a lot of times when there's a contract that says if you leave in this amount of time, you have to pay this back for education. I think that's kind of widely supported in the beauty community and hope that that's going away sometime. I don't recommend that because that really just makes people feel stuck and it makes people feel restricted. If you actually think about the experience that the people that are working with you are having versus like tying them to something This is different than a non-compete. A non-compete, as long as it's not super restrictive, if it's not like over 20 miles radius, even over 10, I think is a little much. And it's like not for a long period of time. It's really just meant to say like, hey, like don't solicit our clients on your way out. Um, Like mutual respect, you know? Yeah. So it's different when you're like, if you have, you have to work here this amount of time or else this happens. Um, It really does say, send a message that um, the people that are with you are only with you because they feel like they're writing out that term. Um, I have been in a contract like that before and I remember how it felt. It's not in our contracts where, you know, I have a sal- my own salon now and that was never going to be in my contracts. I remember my lawyer asking me about it though and I didn't want to put it in because I remember that feeling. And I want to say that that's probably a universal feeling. And a lot of people will sign it because they feel like, okay, well, this is a good opportunity. Um, And then what if it isn't? And what if it isn't what you expected and you do want to get out or you, you know, like, I don't know. But I also think as an employee, leaving respectfully is encouraged. Like, I think you should do that. I remember um, I was still very kind and very respectful. I didn't bash her. Um, I didn't, you know, bash where I've worked. And yeah, that felt good to me versus like trying to be ugly about it. I didn't think that was necessary. So reflecting on when somebody leaves on what role you played in that and what you could do differently or what system could be implemented to avoid that situation from happening. Sometimes it really is like, hey, this person had this trait that I saw a long time ago and I still like, you know, kept them around. I wasn't being true to myself and I wasn't acknowledging how this person was making me feel as a part of the company. Um, So even if it's a trait that you found in them, instead of putting the blame on them, taking accountability for you ignoring that 
in the very beginning because usually it is there. Reactivity is just typically an emotional response and it's typically not coming from your best self. The second thing um, was being proactive and preparing. So it's someone's first day at your company and you have not prepared at all for their onboarding and training. You're kind of just going to wing it and throw them in and, oh, you're going to do this one day. You're going to do this another day and kind of just go as go. What am I trying to say? Just like learn as you go or whatever versus somebody showing up prepared, knowing exactly what they're learning on these days and exactly who they will be shadowing on these days and why um, and having like a plan that is typically um, shows some, you know, good qualities in that person. It shows that they have the capacity and the space for it. And typically when they don't, it's because they are running themselves ragged and they can't delegate and they can't like breathe for a second. They're not working on themselves because they're all about their work. I feel like all these things are correlated somehow. But when a business owner has been, um, you know, doing work on themselves, which is another one that I wrote, um, typically their business sees some thing from that because they are more open to change and growth and seeing different opinions and not being scared of like hearing criticism back. And um, yeah, so anyway, preparing and being proactive and planning for things and being on top of things like when are the meetings happening and um, are you planning one-on-ones? Third one actually is personal development. So when you work on yourself, I said that your business sees it too. And it's because of so many reasons. But um, when you have self-awareness and when you have your heart opened, you are also more aware of like things that don't feel right or that don't serve you. And so you're less bogged down with like stress and anxiety and people that aren't good for you and that are like messing with your um, workflow and your passion, your creativity. Things come across much more harsh than they should be. Um, I've been guilty of this, especially in like the first couple years of my business. I was super stressed out all the time and I really felt like I went into work and I was like at the end of my rope and so um I think when I started pouring into myself and like looking for like growth opportunities within myself it reflected in my business so much and um just spotting things that can be approved on is is really awesome for a leader to have Fourth would be they are a leader and not a boss. Um, I see this a lot when somebody says my employees or how many how many techs do you have working for you? Um, There are like 10 of us and or like there's 10 people. I don't know. Like, I, I really don't like that question. I feel like it's coming from a place of like, they're yours and they're your property. And like, there's some sense of like ownership there. Actually, none of these people, regardless of the contract, 
needs to stay with you and they will leave if they don't feel supported or good or they're learning enough or they're making enough money. So it's not about you and it's not about filling your pockets. It's really about how can everyone grow and make more money. Um, That's when you start seeing like these problems not come up with you can't find anyone as everyone is leaving when, when they um, get hired, they're not there for long and people aren't applying in the first place. I've said this before, but I see that a lot nowadays after COVID that, that this is a thing that the new generation or COVID made people. Yeah, actually COVID did. COVID did make people analyze their life and what like, feels good to them. So they're not going to be somewhere where it doesn't feel good. So what does that say about your company that they're not feeling good? So being a boss has that feeling to me that it's just about you and like ownership versus inspiration and growth. And we all eat together. Like we're going on this journey together, like hop in, hop in, like we're, we're doing this. Um, being a leader is somebody that like inspires that also contributes and um, recognizes that their role is for like them um, and to help them. That's a leader. And I, I sad to say that I don't see it a lot. I don't see it a lot. And I don't, I, we can't have a conversation if you're not willing to look at that and, and question like, how are you speaking about people that work with you. Number five is filling your own cup first. Everyone always says the analogy of the oxygen mass in the plane, you do yours first so that you can help others. But it really is true. I remember when I didn't feel um, supported in my personal life from a, a relationship that was really unhealthy for me. And I remember how Going into work, like, my mind was occupied with that. So filling your own cup can sometimes mean cutting people out of your life, going to therapy, going on vacations, finding hobbies outside of work, finding friends outside of work. Um, Whatever that means to you, fill your cup so that you can show up your best self for your team. It's so important. Um, And who wants to live, like, stressed out all the time and... Yeah, it your best work is not going to come from that. Six would be look for the lessons. Um, I have mentioned this in a couple other episodes, but what can something teach you? What is something that didn't feel good? What was the outcome of it that you didn't like? Wasn't the desired outcome? What was the lesson there? And act on it. Something you learned, implement that in some way, and you will see growth. You'll see it in your personal life. You'll see it in your professional life. So, yeah, I feel like that one's pretty self-explanatory. Next one, feel your feelings and um, and then take action. Like, um, have time to simmer on something before, like, responding. Notice even how somebody is feeling around you. Um, this can go both ways. And then do something about it. Change it. Sometimes... I always think the first step would be to communicate how you feel. If somebody is, for example, like not 
doing a system correctly that they know how to do or if they're um, being a certain way with clients that you know doesn't align with your company or your values, just a conversation can happen from that. And if you're noticing that in return that wasn't received well and that person did not like that conversation, even if it came from a place of like, hey, can we talk about this? This isn't sitting right with me like going forward can we do can we do it this way i find that if that person isn't open to this type of communication it's not going to work um so i find that like good business owners tend to really tap into how things are feeling simmer on that like look within and then take action from that Um, because let's say you ignored that you ignored the feeling that that person is giving you and you kept on you kept them around they could be making other people in your company feel like that and you might lose them for this person that is in reality like kind of drilling holes in the boat and just like not on the same ride really so yeah, I think when we do tough things or we have tough conversations, we'll see something from that, even if that means, okay, that person didn't like having um, confrontation or being um, even constructively criticized. And if they leave, like, wasn't that a good outcome, you know? So this goes into the next one, communication. So I think that good leaders, business owners are good communicators. They can reflect on a conversation and see um, like how that could have gone differently and then they change it the next time. Um, They also recognize that people communicate differently. Some people have different behavior styles and learning styles and so you need to communicate differently with each person and um, I think a healthy communicator can adapt by with still being true to themselves um, and, you know, giving the other person what they need in order to know that they are seen and they are being heard. Um, So yeah, being a good communicator is awesome. I think therapy can help with that. Um, I'm sure that there are like classes for that too, but usually the answers are within yourself and how stuff makes you feel. Um, And also language is a really big thing. Um, Taylor Morgan from last season, uh, the guy that was on the podcast with me, there's a YouTube video of it and also audio podcast, obviously. Um, he actually talked about language in that episode. He is a really big, um, so whenever I say kind of and like, or whatever, he'll correct and say, do you really mean kind of, or do you like, is that what it is? And so, yeah, language and like the words that you choose, even, um, I had a conversation Actually, he was talking about this too, but I had a conversation with someone this weekend. They were talking about the frequency of words, and the first time I heard this was actually from Taylor, and I think it's so interesting that words hold different frequencies, and the example this weekend was hope is actually a lower frequency and has a kind of feeling of doubt inside because it's like, I hope that happens, and there's not a lot of confidence there. Whereas faith and trust have a very much higher frequency because it's more confident. And so 
I would really love to dive more into language, um, you know, and learn, learn how to improve my communication. But overall, I, I feel like I'm a pretty effective communicator, way more so than I was even a couple of years ago. And a lot of that started when I, when I just started to pay attention to like energy more. And so um, I was just more aware of like the energy I was giving off and um, what words like sounded more positively framed, especially when it's coming from like a good place. Um, but sometimes the words and delivery, you know, doesn't match. So if, yeah, if it doesn't, typically you come off a certain way to people you work with or people that you live with at home. Accountability. This kind of was a great segue from communication because having accountability for your own actions and your participation in each interaction, there is on, like there's only growth to be had from that. Um, and you also look at the world a little differently because you don't feel a victim to other people and other people's stuff. It's more just like, okay, well, I'm going to take some accountability for that too because I allowed that to continue for this amount of time or I didn't communicate this was not okay. Um, so even just having accountability for the people that surround you, the people in your space, and especially for the things that you do and the things that you say, knowing when you are in the wrong and immediately apologizing. Um, there's been times where like maybe I was PMSing or I was having a bad day. Even now where like I'll call someone and be like, hey, I should have said that kinder. This is what I meant. And they're like, no, it's, you're totally fine. But it still feels better to just say like, hey, like, I wish that I said that in this way instead of like super fast or yeah. So anyway, just having accountability and being willing to see and change. It's a very strong value to have. Um, another, this is a, this is a good one. Your relationships outside of work, having them period and having like enriching relationships, um, healthy relationships. I find that people are more negative at work when they have unhealthy relationships at home. You'll find more emotional dumping with somebody that has a lot of turmoil in their life. And so seeking out relationships that add value to your life and who you feel uplifted by and lighter with. Um, I think that's super important. They say that you're um, like a sum of like the people that you hang out with. And I think that that holds a lot of truth. Um, so nowadays, honestly, my circle of friends has gotten smaller, like, over the years. I wouldn't say, like, every single year or something, but um, it's just gotten smaller over time. And it wasn't, like, these huge, like, friend breakups or anything. It really could just be, like, more like an acquaintance versus, like, a close person in your circle. But I really think healthy relationships foster some type of support that a business owner doesn't get um, fully being in work all of the time. Um, and also you can start to confuse your like work friends with like your only friends. And that's not always safe either. And what I mean is like 
you really never know like when that person's journey is like gonna divert to something else and if you put so much value into them as like the those are like your only friends and you don't have that support elsewhere it can really like mess you up so just seeking healthy relationships outside of the workspace and also like yeah having work friends is awesome too that's a bonus but um you don't you also don't have to be the best friends with everyone you work with as long as like people are respectful and kind like that's awesome. If you guys end up really driving and like being close, that's awesome. But I think looking outside of work and making sure your relationships are healthy and if they're not, go to therapy, cut them out of your life. Um, and, you know, life is really short and we shouldn't be spinning it around people that drain us and that hurt us. And um, yeah, lastly would be financially responsible. So not mixing like personal and business spending, having a cash flow plan, having a budget, um, not doing things um, just off of the feeling, but just knowing that you have a certain budget for those things like um, team bonding events can get real expensive. And if they're not budgeted for, it's actually going to hurt you. So being financially responsible is very important, and there's actually many different ways that you can get there. Uh, one person that I think has really helped a lot of people understand financial responsibility is Dave Ramsey. It's Even if you don't agree with everything he's saying, it's really nice to just hear like his take on something, listen to other podcasts about financial stuff. Um, I Honestly, I used to watch YouTube videos while I'm getting ready in the morning. It's kind of my thing, which is honestly why I wanted to bring Lash Boss to YouTube. But anyway, I literally used to watch people. It was called like cash stuffing envelopes. Dave Ramsey talks about envelope stuffing anyway, or envelopes and account like having a budget for groceries and a budget for car or whatever and like using cash instead of cards or whatever. Interesting take. Um, and okay so I used to literally watch people like write their budget out for the month and some of them would use like really cute pens and then they'd talk like they'd put their income versus what their budget is and then they'd have like leftover and that would go to either debt or like something they're saving for oh my god I loved that I don't know so anyway over the last few years I've really enjoyed learning more about finances um and then what happened was I started like obviously applying it to my own business, but it didn't feel like a chore anymore. It actually felt like fun where spreadsheets and stuff was never, ever fun or something I wanted to do, something I would always put off. But now it's like, oh, I can't wait to see like what we have here. Um, so yeah, I just think even starting to dabble into the world of like finance and investing and bookkeeping and stuff like that is is really um, interesting and it actually just helped me run my business better. So I hope this episode was valuable to you. Um, thank you so much for listening today and I will be back very soon with the next one.